Ready to do your will. How awesome is that, hey? That leads perfectly into my message tonight. Set apart for you, Lord, ready to do your will. And uh, I think as we, um, as we wander into this next series that we're doing over the next five weeks about influential people in the Bible, and um, I think it's easy for us to read the stories. It's easy for us to um, have a good talk about Noah and Abraham and how Noah built the ark. Woohoo! But he had to do it. And he had to be humiliated and he had to be embarrassed and he had to do all of that stuff. He was ready to do, you know, I, I often think about Noah and I often think to myself, I don't know how many times, how many times did he actually get the, the blueprints for building the ark. I mean, I read that passage through and I think, oh, I just got the first bit, build an ark. That's it, I'm after that. I'm not really sure, but what's two foot above the bottom of the where and what's going on and how many doors are over here and, and that sort of thing. And Abraham, you know, ready to do your will. Thank you, Father. I want to be the father of many nations. Okay, we'll sacrifice your son. Yeah, I'm ready to do your will. I'm ready to do your will, Lord. You know, I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do unless I'm the rich young ruler tonight who says, give everything and sell it and give everything to the poor and come follow me. I can't do that. I want, to, I want to do your will. I want to do everything, but I want to do it on my terms. I want to do it on my terms tonight. And, um, you know, so often we say, God, speak to me. You know, show me what it is that you want for my life. Show me what it is. And do we really want to know? Do we really want to know what it is that God wants for us to do? Because sometimes it's, it's a, a, a lovely fantasy um, to hear what God says, but then it's another thing to step up and actually go out and do it. And, and, and I think there's a lot of people who have heard a lot of stuff from God over the years and they've seen a lot of things, but they're not prepared to sacrifice to go and do it. And that's really, really tough. And I don't know tonight, I'll give you a guess, okay? Anyone who wasn't at the prayer meeting, I bought this out tonight for you to guess who I'm speaking on tonight. Anyone want to have a guess? No. Who? No. No and no. Yes, Elisha. I'm speaking on Elisha tonight. And... Um, Awesome. Well done. If I had chocolates, you'd have them. And, uh, but I don't. So sorry about that. Elisha the prophet. You know, um, Wednesday night, we've been getting um, every Wednesday night from seven to eight leading up to Lent. Uh, we have been coming and meeting together here for an hour and just worshipping God. And well, I don't know about anybody else on last Wednesday night, but there was something different here on Wednesday night. Um, every time I couldn't even open my eyes. Um, and every time I went to speak or say something, God just went, shh, shh. Just let people do their thing, shush. And, and it was just amazing. I just felt like I was in the presence of God. The Holy Spirit was here and, um, and he spoke to me um, about some things for our church. And he, and he spoke to others um, and, you know, we, we had an amazing time. We went and prayed for the guys next door here and I went and shared with them the things that, that God was saying and they just received it with open arms. And, um, you know, are we ready to do God's will? If we stop and listen, God will speak. He's ready to speak if we're ready to listen. 
Tonight, as we start out in our series of influences in the Bible, I wanted to start with this amazing man. There's so many I could have chose from. It was pretty hard work. I, I actually started off thinking I'd share about Job. I thought Job's a, a fairly good um, influencer in the Bible when you see a man who went through all of that. And then I went um, from there to another guy um, in the Bible. I thought, oh no, I'll share about him. And I started doing research about both of those guys. And, um, and anyway, I settled on Elisha. Um, not Noah, not Esther, not Boaz, not Job, not the disciples, not Abraham, not Jesus, not who Chris is going to preach about, not who Glennis is going to preach about or Simon's going to preach about. I hope I haven't pinched yours. Uh, that's awesome. And I'm excited because if we're going to be a church of influence, we need to know that there are people in the Bible who were influencers and what set them apart to become who they were and where did they, how did they get to where they are at that time. So let's have a look at Elisha. So I'm just going to set the scene. The time was about 150 years after King David reigned over Israel. After several years, um, and several years after the earlier prophet Elijah had been sent to confront the nations which had become steeped in idol worship. After being humbled by a severe drought and famine, Israel was on the path of returning to true worship. And at the end of Elijah's lifetime a spiritual revival however small it seemed had started in that area as Elijah was nearing the end of his ministry God directed him to anoint a young man named Elisha to take his place and after a few years of training Elisha would become God's spokesman to the northern kingdoms and his ministry would be filled with signs miracles proclamations and warnings he would become known as the prophet of peace and healing and Elijah um, was divinely directed by, to seek his successor and found Elijah from Elisha. Oh, that didn't sound right. Elijah was divinely directed by God to seek his successor and Elijah found Elisha out in a field plowing on his father's farm. Elijah placed his mantle and outer garment like a cloak on Elisha's shoulders Elisha apparently understood this symbolic act and being appointed to the role of a prophet. Without hesitation, Elisha accepted the call to service, leaving the comfort of family and home to fellowship to follow a less predictable life that would require major personal sacrifice. In 1 Kings 19, verses 19 to 21, this is how it goes. So Elijah went out, and there he found Elisha, the son of Saphat. He was ploughing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw a cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him, went back, took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plough, um, ploughing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and then they ate and then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. Wow, what an amazing story. Can you imagine? Can you imagine tonight 
a young man, I'm not sure how old he would have been, but out in the field working with his dad, probably going to take over the family farm, all was set, ready for his future. He was dreaming of wife and children and the plans that God had for him. And then this crazy wild man came running out of nowhere, threw a blanket on him and started to run away. Like these things happen. How crazy is that? And so here he, uh, and, and then after that, he just turned around and started to follow him. And he went back, said goodbye to his mum and dad, burnt everything that he had, killed the oxen, and then started following Elijah. That to me is a sacrifice in the nth degree. To become an influencer like Elisha, we firstly need to know the call of God in our lives and be willing to sacrifice everything and follow that. We have to be prepared to burn our plows, kill our oxen, take up our mats, leave our family and have no security. So in the words of the old hymn, no turning back, no turning back. Are you prepared to do that tonight? If you're not, don't ask God what his plan is for your life. If you don't want to do it, don't ask. The reason that he burnt his, cut up his plough and burned it and killed his oxen, the reason that the, the guy who got put down through the building who had a back problem and God healed him, he said, take up your mat, was so that you can't go back. There was no going back after he got rid of his equipment. You know, that'd be like me, me saying to Josh Woodside tonight, a young single man sitting in church, running up and throwing this over his head and saying, come and follow me. Go and sell your car, sell all your furniture, sell everything you've got and just come with me and I'll show you what your future holds. And then him just going and doing it without exception. Wow, that, that's a, a scary thought, isn't it? To think that God wanted someone, they knew it was the right thing for them, and they just did it without even a thought. It didn't say he even took any time to think. No turning back, no turning back. Firstly, we need to know the call of God in our lives and be willing to sacrifice everything and follow that. Elisha began his ministry as Elijah's student and personal attendant. Elisha would first prove himself faithful in the small things such as humble duties of pouring water on Elisha's, the hands of Elijah. In 2 Kings 3.11, But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? An officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Saphat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Elisha's training under Elijah would gradually prepare him for the work that he would one day take up alone. The Bible mentions about Elijah and Elisha visiting centres of religious learning in Israel where they attended by groups of men called the sons of the prophets. In 1 Kings 20.35 it says, By the word of the Lord, um, one of the company of the prophets said to his companions, Strike me with a weapon, but he refused. The school of prophets were young men who regularly educated for the prophetical office. These schools make their appearance firstly under the prophet Samuel. And you see in 1 Samuel 19 it says, So he sent men to capture him. But when they saw a group of prophets prophesying um, with Samuel standing there as their leader, the Spirit of God came on Saul's men and they started to prophesy. Elisha watched Elijah's miracle because he remained with Elijah. Elisha got to see the man of God taken up into heaven while he was still alive. Elijah, Elisha 
wore Elijah's mantle because he stayed by the man of God, he was given Elijah's mantle. Wow. To become an influencer like Elisha, secondly, we need to be prepared to learn from those who are willing to teach us. Find good mentors. Listen. Serve faithfully in the little things and learn. I'm certain that Elijah imparted incredible wisdom and knowledge into Elisha's life. And after giving him the mantle, Elijah's job was to teach Elisha what he had to do in the future. And you know, so often in our society, uh, older people are shunned. You know, there's a better way. There's someone younger, fitter, quicker. But you know what? That's not always the truth. I always remember loving a line on, an, uh, on a movie. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Fried Green Tomatoes. Uh, awesome movie. There's this older woman there and she's faithfully waiting for her car park in her big car, tick, 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 with a blinker on ready to go in. And as the other car pulls out, these uh, four girls in a little ragtop beetle come flying in and take the car park. And they say, oh, sorry, we're younger and quicker or prettier and quicker. And I, you could just see her brain ticking over and she just plants her foot and rams into their car three or four times and says, you might be prettier and quicker, but I'm older with a lot more insurance. <laughs> you know, older people do have something to offer. And so often, I think, you know, we disregard those people around us who are older. God said to me at our night of worship here that we need to be praying for the older generation now in our church so that they can impart into the younger generation all that they can receive. And I didn't, re I didn't realise um, while I was growing up the absolute privilege that I had to be around some mighty men of God. And I disregarded that because I was much smarter and faster and quicker and knew everything more than them. And now I'm looking back and going, boy, I wish I'd taken that opportunity to spend some time hearing their heart. How often have you seen people walk into a meeting? I've done it myself with somebody older and a lot more experienced and, and they just want to talk about themselves. It's all about me. This is what I've done. I'm so awesome. I'm so everything. The truth is we've got to stop and listen and learn from people. We have people in this church here who have got wisdom beyond their years that they can impart not only into the younger generation but into us as well and we are so blessed so tonight secondly if you want to be an influencer we need to be prepared to learn from those who are willing to teach us I always thought that mentoring was a stupid thing I always thought it was a waste of my time and I made that quite clear to our 8th way president, Tim O'Neill, that I didn't need a mentor. And he made it quite clear to me back that I did. And you know, after two and a half to three years of having the mentor that I've got, I rely on that man so much and his wisdom. And I go to him and he tells me what I need to know and I ask his advice. And I tell you what, without him, I would be lost. And he's not that much older than me. But I tell you what, we can learn so much from people about the call that God has on our lives. You doing okay? Awesome. 
On the day that uh, the prophet Elijah understood his ministry was coming to a close and that Elisha would take his place, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you because I am, I am taken away from you soon? Uh, Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. In 2 Kings it says, When they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you when I am taken. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elisha, Elisha replied. That's hard, Elijah and Elisha. Why didn't they make them like John and Elisha or something? Would have been much easier for me to have preached this message. Elisha didn't ask for worldly honour or a high place among men. What he really desired was a large measure of the Holy Spirit that God had so freely poured upon Elijah. He knew that he needed God's Holy Spirit to equip him for the responsibilities that lay ahead. Elijah then said, you have asked for a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you don't, it shall not be. As they continued to walk and talk in 2 Kings, it says, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire, horses of fire and separated the two of them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw him and he cried out my father my father the chariot of Israel and its horsemen God had suddenly taken Elijah out of service and Elisha was privileged to watch this miraculous way in which his master departed but before he had left to do this whirlwind trip before he left they did a whirlwind trip so Elisha was ready and Elijah Elisha refused to leave Elijah's side. Where you go, I go, he said. They went to Gilgal, the place of, of beginnings. It was there that the Israelites first celebrated Passover in the Promised Land. Then they went to Bethel, where you go, I go, the place of dreams. It was there that Jacob met um, God and dreamed of angels descending and ascending in, out, in and out of heaven. Then they went to Jericho, where you go, I go. I'm not leaving your side, the place of past victories. It was here that the Israelites had its first military victory in the promised land. And then back to the Jordan, the place of death. The river represented the boundary of the promised land. The, to cross it meant to enter into death. It was a formidable barrier that few would ever want to cross. You know, they did this whirlwind trip just to remind him before Elijah left, hey, Get your priorities right, buddy. Get it in order. And he said, where you go, I'll go. I'm not leaving your side. I am going to get a double portion. I'm going to hold on to you. You are not getting away from me. I'm going to take everything that I can from you. So if you want to be an influencer like Elisha, thirdly, ask for what you need to fulfill your calling. Don't be afraid to ask. Elisha asked for, God, for more of God's spirit, not worldly possessions, but a double portion of what Elijah had. And so often we get our priorities upside down. God puts a, a call on our life. And, you know, we think if God said, I want you to go off into the um, outback of Uganda and, uh, and build an orphanage and do what you have to do, that, that takes you out of, unfortunately, making finances. That takes you out of being able to pay a mortgage. That takes you out of your comfortable BMW. That takes you away from your second car. That takes you away from your family. That takes you into an uncomfortable place. And you have to sell everything and go but we forget the fact that God is no man's debtor so God looks after us God protects us God's there for us 
So really the only smart thing to do for Elisha is to ask for a double portion. To ask for a double portion. Why would you ask for anything else? I want a double portion of what God wants for me to do. I want that. And I'll let God work out all the rest. I know all the things that God has called Amanda and I to do over the years. For some reason, we're not starving. For some reason, we're not in copious amounts of debt. We live in our own home. We have children following Jesus. And it would have been very easy back then to have said, God, I can't do that because I don't know if there's any security for my family. I don't know if I can do that. But we did and God looked after us because we said, yes, God, send us. If you want to be an influential like Elijah, Elisha, thirdly, ask for what you need and God will work out the rest. Then Elisha reached down and picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from the prophets when he was taken away. This represents the authority God had given his prophet Elisha. Elijah had used it earlier that same morning to miraculously cause the water of the Jordan River to, to divide. After picking up the mantle, Elijah went to the banks of the Jordan to test whether the spirit of Elijah had really fallen upon him. It says in 2 Kings 2, 13 and 14, Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the banks of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left and he crossed over. He knew that he'd received his double portion. Wow, how scary would that be? The cloak that was dropped on you when you burnt the ox and you did all of that and you'd followed this man around for as long as you did and all you've got now is he's taken off up into the wilderness somewhere up there and all you've got is this to slap the water with to see whether or not you've got your double portion. It's not even a big stick, is it? It's like a... <laughs> That's certainly powerful, isn't it? Would you like to see that again? Like, Maybe if we rolled it up a little bit like we used to do with the tea towels. Chris, would you come in? No. <laughs> I don't know. Didn't seem to work any better. But I tell you what, that became his most valuable asset. He wouldn't have thrown it around like that. He would have carried that around with him everywhere he went. Elisha walked with Elijah, his when Elijah returned to the banks of the Jordan, he knew that the mantle and the ministry of Elijah had passed to him. Now he in faith called on the same God who had worked through Elijah to work through him. He called upon the God who had answered by fire, stopped and started the rain, fed his servants by the ravens, multiplied meals and the oil, raised the dead, is powerful enough to shake mountains with the wind and speak to his children in a still small voice. That's the God Elijah was calling upon and he got the answer he was seeking. Just as, they had, just as they had for Elijah, the muddy, rushing waters of the Jordan parted for Elisha. He had obtained his double portion. That's a cheer. Woohoo! I tell you what, you would have heard him from all over the world, I reckon. Elisha then began his prophetic career, which likely lasted some 50 years and extended over the reign of four kings of Israel. Jerochem, Jerel, those, anyway, four of them, all starting with J. I'm just going to leave it at that. You can work it out for yourself. If you want to be an influencer like Elisha, fourthly, 
Don't just learn to do, but do. The first thing Elijah did was perform a miracle. It was time for him to start fulfilling his call, not time to go back to farming. He'd, he'd went all that time and he saw Elijah go. And did he sit down on the edge of the Jordan River and weep? No, he picked up the mantle and he started and he did what God had told him to do. It's not time to sit back and stop. It's time to get up and do. And he could have went home to his family and said, wow, look at this great thing. He could have just stood by there and said, I'm not really game. I don't know about you. Would have you been game? I would have been a bit freaked out about the whole thing, just seeing some guy whipped up into heaven and um, then this just laying on the ground there and I'm, that's the mantle that was shown over me and all of a sudden I've got to pick it up and slap it on the water and hope that the water parts and it did or he could have went home and saw his family and had a nice meal and had a shower and decided to do a bit of farming and whatever no turning back it's not time if you want to be an influencer the time is now the time is now for you to find out the call of God on your life and to start doing it no time to go back to farming I remember a story years ago that we heard of friends that we knew they had a big pineapple farm and God called them to go into ministry and they sold their pineapple farm and made a quite decent amount of money off it, you know, in the millions. And they thought, that's great, that will, that will support our ministry. And um, anyway, they sold the farm and then they said, what do we do now, God? And God said, give the money away. It's time to trust me. Would you do that? I don't know. I'd like to keep a little bit in reserve. Who wouldn't? Well, they didn't and they couldn't and they went into the mission fields and did what God called them to do. The ministry of Elijah the prophet was different from that of Elijah in some regards. Elijah was commissioned to deliver fearless messages of condemnation and judgment to the kings and, the, and to the people, warning them to turn from their sins. But Elijah's ministry was a build, to, to build on the work of Elijah, who had, that Elijah had begun teaching the people God's way. Throughout his long and effective years of labour, Elisha continued to advance the important spiritual education that was so needed. If you want to be an influencer, fifthly, run in your lane and do what you're called to do. You do your job and I'll do mine. You don't want my job? Believe you me. And I don't want yours at all. You run in your lane? I don't want, I don't want to go to Uganda. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. That would be the worst job for me. That's not my job. They're running in their lane. I'm running in my lane. And so often we, have, we see people saying, oh, you know, wouldn't it be great if I was like so-and-so? No, be like you. Do what God has called you to do. If we all did what God had called us to do and ran in our lane, then so much more would get done. I love running in my lane. I love running in my lane. I love who God has called me to be. I get to do the things that inspire me, encourage me, and lead me in the direction that I need to go. You know, I have a gift of prophecy. Wherever I go, God gives me prophetic words. I can be standing in the supermarket and God will give me a prophetic word for the person standing beside me. It's whether or not I'm game enough to give it or not. And I'm getting gamer over the years. I've learned how to do it nicely and uh, not make people feel 
bad about them, bad that, you know, God has just said to me that you're going to whatever. But that's my gifting. But my gifting might be not to do something else. It might not be to, to be the person that makes all the money to support missions or ministry. But I've got to run in my lane and do what God calls me to do and believe that the people who are running in their lane do what they're called to do. And a lot of times I remember years ago saying to God, you know, when we were living by faith and trusting God and sometimes um, the money wouldn't be there to do what we needed to do and we believed that was what God wanted us to do. And I said, God, what have we done wrong? What have we done wrong? It's not there. God said, he said you did it wrong. Maybe the people who are supposed to give you the money aren't just, they're not doing it right. Maybe they're being tight with their wallet. Maybe they're not pulling the money out and doing what they need to do. Don't beat yourself up. Let me beat them up. We've all got our part to play. Because believe me, sometimes making all the money under the sun might be a little bit easier at 57 than going out for two or three weeks and sleeping on a camp stretcher in the middle of nowhere and having to look after 60 or 70 young people. Mightn't be, but it's my cup of tea. I love it. I can't wait. As soon as we hit the road to get out and do that ministry, I love it. I don't want to be the corporate businessman making all the money. Someone else can do that boring job. I'm running in my lane doing what I'm called to do. Are you running in your lane doing what you're called to do? You doing okay? Awesome. Elijah, the prophet's ministry included works of healing and restoration. The biblical records also show Elijah bringing joy to people throughout the miracles from God. His gentle spirit enabled him to have a positive influence on the lives of many and, he re and it's revealed in several places. Elisha heals the water is the first thing he does. Elijah's ministry began by shutting up the heavens. Elijah's ministry began by shutting up the heavens for three and a half years, whereas Elisha's ministry began by healing a spring of water near Jericho. In 2 Kings it says, The people of the city said to Elisha, Look, our Lord, the town is well situated, and as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a bowl, Elisha said. And he put salt in it, so they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt in, saying, This is what the Lord said, I've healed this water, and never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the words Elisha had spoken. Salt makes water pure. Eh, doesn't really matter. This is what the Lord said, and it worked. We've just got to do what God calls us to do. To use the salt was symbolic and it was God who performed the miracle. God's declaration was, I have healed the water. From, from it there shall be no more death or barrenness. Elisha and the widow's oil. Elisha's next recorded miracle granted an impoverished family of faith a financial blessing. A student of one of the religious training centres died and his wife had become a widow. She was very poor and owed, owned just one marketable item of value, a jar of oil. She had two sons to care for and she asked Elisha to help her as she feared her son would have be taken away to pay the debt. Elisha instructed her to go to all of her neighbours and borrow as many empty jars as she could. A miracle was going to occur that would allow her to fill every empty jar to the top by pouring from the one jar of olive oil. The one jar 
of oil was multiplied miraculously and she was able to sell enough of this valuable oil to pay off her debt and live off the remainder. Wow, what an amazing man. That's wisdom, isn't it? He could have just passed by and said, you know, there's many suffering people here. But he did something. His heart was for people. He listened to God and he did what he was called to do. I preached a few weeks ago about Elisha and the Shunammite woman. How he, how he, bought, he told her she was going to have a son. And then the boy died. And then he came back and, and he laid on the boy and he brought him back to life and gave him back to his mother. Wow, what an amazing, influential man this man was. God used Elisha to perform many other miracles, including purifying a pot of stew with flour, feeding a hundred men with a small amount of food, healing Naaman's leprosy, causing an axe head to float, leading a blinded Syrian army into Samaria, and even after his death, a body put in his tomb came back to life. I love that verse. That's one of my favourite verses in the Bible. I'm going to read it in 2 Kings 13, 21. Once while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. And when the body touched Elisha's bone, the man came running out fully alive. How cool is that? They were there to bury him and they threw him on the bones of a dead man and he came back to life. That is flippin' awesome. I tell you what. If you want to be an influencer like Elisha, sixthly, you need to leave a legacy that will last well after you're gone. And you know, I don't want to just die and leave behind the memory of who I was. I want to be an influencer that changes people's lives who well after I'm gone, whether they remember me or not, they are doing the work and continuing on to do the things that God had called me and them to do. Now, the one story in there I don't really understand is after Elisha finally got the, the mantle and he was walking out and the band of 45 boys came out and said, how you going, Baldy? Hey, Baldy, what are you doing? So he sicked a herd of bears onto them and they mauled them. I don't know. I don't know much about that one. Anyway, that was that made me laugh a little bit, but I'm still a little bit perplexed about that. But um, yeah. So, but anyway, so that's certainly investing in the next generation. I would say, yeah. Or it might just be don't call people bald, or he might have just ticked him off that day. I'm just not sure. The other story that um, that comes to mind, which makes me um, think, you know, Naaman came down. He had leprosy. And Naaman had this thought in his head about how it was all going to go. And Elisha didn't even come out. He just said, go and, go and bathe seven times in the river. And you know, Naaman was indignant about that. Nearly enough not to go and actually do it. How dare he not come out to me? How dare he just tell me what to do? And you know what? Sometimes I think we expect too much of people. He probably just had a really tough day. He knew exactly what the guy had to do. I know for me sometimes after um, praying for lots and lots of people, I just want to get to the point and get it done. It's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't care about you. It's just I'm exhausted from prophesying about things. And maybe that's what was happening with Elisha that day. But sometimes you can miss your blessing of what God is saying by being arrogant and going it wasn't the way that I thought it was going to be 
Graham should have done it different. Oh, the pastor shouldn't have done it that way. Should have come out and invited me in for a cup of coffee. We should have had scones. And then we sat down and talked about my leprosy for a while. And then I asked him about his wife and his children and how's everything going in his life. And uh, then, you know, gently have a look. Oh, you poor little man, you've got leprosy, you poor little thing. Oh, darling, darling. And, um, and then after that, I think, let me just pray for a second. I'll speak in tongues for a bit. I already knew the answer. And look, I'll come with you down to the river and you just dip in it seven times. Would you like me to hold your hand while you go in there? Just I'll, I'll just have a little dip seven times. Not six, just seven. And then we'll see. You know, look, at the end of the day, he got the same result. He was just exhausted, probably. Let's cut people some slack sometimes. Let's cut people some slack sometimes. You got that one for free. That wasn't even a point. Elijah's life work Elijah's life work was in educating people about keeping God's requirements and his blessing for living in faith. His message is just as important for us today as we seek to draw close to and become more like God who's working through Elijah. We must pray for God's help to seek his spirit to seek his spirit as Elijah did. Tonight, if you want to be an influencer, Number one, you can come when you're ready, Jess. Number one, know you're called and find your calling. Number two, be prepared to learn and learn and learn and learn some more. Three, ask for the right things. Number four, don't just learn, but get out there and do it. Run in your lane and leave a legacy for future generations. I love this man, Elisha. I love the fact that he just went for it and over his 50-year ministry, he did so much. But one thing we don't hear at the end of his story, or I'm not sure, but I'm sure he did, was that I'm sure he trained up lots of people to follow him. I'm sure he trained up lots of people to do the work that he was doing. And when he died, they were there doing it behind him and not only were people doing the work but I tell you what if one of my children or someone I knew died I'd be running straight for that grave and throwing him in there because his bones were still active and alive in his tomb to do miracles today and all that happened because he decided as an influencer that when that mantle was thrown on me I will give up everything and I will follow Jesus and I will do whatever I'm called to do. No turning back, no turning back. And he saw thing after thing, miracle after miracle happen in his life time. Because when Elijah ran up behind him in the field and threw a blanket over him, he said, yes. And I don't know about where you're at tonight in your journey with God but maybe it's time tonight to come out the front and just say to God I'm prepared to do whatever you call me to do no turning back no turning back I'm prepared to give up and sacrifice whatever it is that you want me to sacrifice no turning back no turning back because I know from personal experience that doing that has not done me any harm Doing that has not done me any harm.
God has blessed me. God has been faithful. I have seen things happen that I've not even talked about in this building that are so miraculous and so amazing that my daughter says to me, Dad, why don't you write a book? I can't believe some of the stories that we've seen over the years. And that was all because in 1977, when I was standing in a Baptist church in Mackay and a ship chaplain said, it's time to give your whole life over to Jesus. Not, not salvation. This is, I'm going to cross over and I'm, not going, I'm never going to be the same again. And I stepped forward that night and I stepped over an invisible line and I said to God, I will do whatever you call me to do. And it was that night, it was that night that God gave me the call on my life to travel all through Australia telling kids about Jesus. And I don't know how many children that we've ministered to in the last 27 years. It would be thousands upon thousands upon thousands. I don't know how many churches that Amanda and I have spoken in. It would be hundreds. I don't know how many adults we have prayed and prophesied over. It would be millions. No, it wouldn't be. I just wanted you to laugh. It would be thousands. We have prayed and prophesied and saw, seen people healed um, and amazing things happen. I remember standing in a church once praying for a girl that, and it was doing what God was saying, a bit like the salt in the pot. God just said to me, she's got bubbles in her head. She's got bubbles in her head. I said, so you're telling me she's an airhead? So, no, she's got bubbles in her head. That was supposed to be funny. You were supposed to laugh at that. Come on. And I prayed, God, take the bubbles away. And God says, start popping them. And I went, pop, pop, pop. I had no idea what I was doing. And after I prayed for her, I said, does that make any sense to you? She said, I have a head full of brain tumours. And the next day, she had an appointment at the doctor's, which was already set. And they did an x-ray and they were all gone. Now she's still alive. She's married. She has two children. I know her well. And she is going on for God and doing what God has called her to do. All because in 1977, I stood in the church and crossed over an imaginary line and said, no turning back, no turning back. And you know what? God has never been my debtor. And tonight... Maybe you're thinking, what can I do for God? Ask Him. And then just do it. Whatever He says, just do it. He will provide the way and He will make it happen. No turning back. No turning back. And so tonight, you know, I would like, if you want to come forward tonight and say, God, what, do you, what, what are you saying to me? We're going to get a team to come and pray for you and, and pray over you and believe that God has got a future for you. And maybe tonight is your line in the sand moment. Maybe God is going to revive dreams in you that have gone quiet. Maybe for the first time you're going to hear God's voice. Maybe tonight you're going to have to go home and burn your plough and kill your oxen and put some stuff on the altar and say, I'm going to do it differently. Maybe tonight, maybe tonight's a defining moment in your life. But all I know is that this influencer in the Bible, Elisha, is someone I want to be like. And as we start our series on influencers, I think he's an amazing man to start with. Because what an incredible 50-year life of seeing miracles happen because someone threw a blanket over him in a paddock and he said, yes, 
I'll follow you, Jesus. Let's stand. If you want prayer tonight, you come forward and someone will come and lay hands on you and pray for you tonight. Come on.